emergency podcast, all hands on deck. Fultz is in the building. Holy crap, this is crazy. Out of nowhere, look, guys, we're recording this just before 9 o'clock on Friday. The whole gang's here, Kyle, Russ, myself, Adam. Uh, Mark Stein reported it. Uh, our guy Wass was reporting there's a trade going down. In, uh, Woj, you know what Woj is involved. It's serious. All the reports are that the Sixers are moving up to one, likely to take Markel Fultz. What they're giving up, whether there's more than two teams involved, we're still fleshing that out. But we want to talk about this because this is crazy. We've always said, guys, you know, the perfect situation would be false. But because that's unlikely, do we go with Jackson or Ball? Well, now it looks like we could be getting false. What, what is your first reaction, Kyle? What, what are you thinking? Uh, massive erection was my first reaction. Massive erection. Russ? Um, as a normal, decent human being, um, <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. Um I I need more I excitement do, I, out of you, Russ, right now. I no, need more no, excitement. because I feel I feel like somebody has to stay grounded in the situation. I I've never, and I've said this before, I don't trust Danny Ainge. And if there are two GMs in in the NBA that I do not trust because they speak out of both sides of their mouth, and and a guy who speaks out of both sides of his mouth after every trade deadline is Danny Ainge. And until this this trade is finalized and Markel Fultz is in a Sixers uniform, I will be the doubting Thomas, if you will. And I'm not. I want to believe it's true. I really do. And if it does happen, I'm fine with backing up the, the truck for him. Because right, this, is, this, is, this is where we, we get into, as a process truster, this is, this is why you accumulate assets this I'm moment right that, now. That we could be the ultimate jinx here. I get that. Uh, I don't think this is strictly a posturing move. You don't get guys like Zach Lowe, Mark Stein, Woj, pretty much all at once, right at about 5 o'clock, to report this as not only a possible trade, but a trade that was in the advanced stages. What? Which team leaked this? Boston. You know, yeah, probably I, Boston. So, there, there was I mean, an earlier the, report today that, the, uh, without getting too far into this, Draft Express, um, one of their guys had reported that uh, the Lakers were in love with Fultz after their um, their yeah, workout Magic. with him, and that Magic was was looking at dealing number two and Julius Randle. And and what I think could have happened is Boston kind of knew that there was interest from the Lakers. They could have just as easily floated this out there just to see if if LA would would boost their offer. The problem for LA is they don't really have that that much more to offer. Um, so this, it could just as easily be a posturing move of sorts to, to put out that Philly has this legitimate package just to see if there's somebody else either from the West or, or another team in the East that Boston does not fear long-term. Let me um, go over the reported, the reported trades. If the Sixers are giving up the third pick in the draft, which of course, like, of course, and they're giving up the Lakers pick next year. Holy crap. I'm excited. So they're trading Michael Carter Williams and this pick, which is it's the same pick to get the first pick for Markel Fultz. Incredible. If it's the Sixers pick and not the Lakers pick next year, even better. Cause I think the Sixers will be better than the Lakers next year. If Okafor is part of a three team trade and we give up Okafor, the third pick in the draft and the Lakers pick next year, I am still very okay with it. We still have a first round pick next year. We still have two first round picks in two years. But more importantly, all I've heard from every draft expert, all of our conversations is 
There is one surefire guy. There's one 6'4 point guard that shot 41% from three last year and had a 6'9 wingspan, and he's the one that you need to get, and he fits perfectly with Simmons and Embiid. I would give up two first-round picks in the future. Julie, looking for like this is this is the only one, and I'm going to read what what because I think it's important to remember what people say before things start to change. I want to describe how Bill Simmons described Markel Fultz in his article. So when later Boston Celtics fans are like, oh, he's not that great. Bill Simmons wrote he ranks him somewhere between Kevin Durant and John Wall on the sure thing scale, a hair below Blake Griffin, Griffin and three hairs above Derrick Rose. The ringer described his best-case scenario as James Harden, Brandon Roy, Gilbert Arenas. Yep. Just want that for the record. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of like I, at this point, I don't think it matters where these reports are coming from. Hell, it could have come from Fultz's agent. The point is, it, it looks like we're in the advanced stages of this. There now, there was recently a report. Again, I don't want to get too much into it, so we don't date ourselves here. That maybe it wasn't as advanced as we think. Some guy from Vice News reporting that. But regardless, talking about Fultz, Simmons' description sounds a little over the top. I've heard him talk about Fultz on his podcast. He loves him. One of the things. Um, him and Mark Titus talked about was how faults of all these guys is grounded. Like he, he's not, he's not flashy. He doesn't have the family baggage that Lonzo Ball has. Um, there were some concerns about his losing in Washington. He played for Washington and they were downright awful. Like worse were as bad as Dennis Smith's NC State. Um, but he, he was in a bad situation, but he never sulked. Like a, a lot of the knock on Ben Simmons coming out of college was that he was in a bad spot, kind of gave up. There was a little bit, you know, there was things weren't great at LSU. Fultz, there, were, there was really none of that. He was just on a bad team. Um, what makes this guy so good and why he's so much better? And I think there's probably a decent number of people listening to this now who know he's good, but none of us have really paid that much attention to him because we didn't really think it was, it was a, a done deal. First and foremost, um, first and foremost, he is the exact fit in terms of position that the Sixers need. If you were to put all of the top 10 guys on a level and say which of these players possesses all the skills and the position the Sixers need, it's false. He's a lead guard who can shoot, who can get to the basket, who can handle the ball. He's exactly what the team needs, and he, he, they don't need to go out and get it in free agency. On top of all that, he's, he's the most well-rounded and talented guy in the draft, and as Simmons said, probably the biggest, most sure thing. Maybe doesn't have quite the highest ceiling, but it is like a lock to be pretty much a star. He has no baggage with him, no injury concerns, and he could score. He's, he shot over 40% from three. He's got a decent mid-range game with a, an array of moves and a pull-up jumper, and he can get to the basket very well and has a like insane array of finishing moves. There are a few concerns about his defense, but only his intensity. He doesn't lack the size or the tools. He's 6'4 with a wingspan of almost 6'10, so he can certainly defend in the NBA. Um, there's just really nothing not to like about him. Like Everything you read about him, look, none of us actually watched Washington this year, but ever so we're all going off stuff we've read, videos we've watched, and everything you see and watch about him is is just glowingly positive. He, their Draft Express lumps him in with Dwayne Wade and James Harden. Now he doesn't. He's not. If you look at guys in this draft, he is not the premium 
super hot, rangy, streaky three-point shooter that Malik Monk is. He is not the crazy above-the-rim athlete that Josh Jackson is, and he's not as quick as the Aaron Fox, but he might be second to all of those guys, at least in terms of shooting and, and overall ability as a guard, and he has all of those things. He checks all of those boxes, and as we've talked about before, every other single guy in this draft would have been a some sort of compromise. There's no compromise with Fultz. He, he's a potential superstar player. And there are a couple, I, I guess, a couple other things that are are important to keep in mind. Like earlier today, we talked about, um, you know, the Sixers haven't really been doing a whole lot of workouts, and and like, is that an important thing or not? And one of the things that that I kind of take away as as a plus with Fultz is as part of that uh, report about L.A. being enamored with Fultz was the fact that he hadn't pre-agreed uh, before his workout to do like competitive two v two. And he did competitive two on two in his workout, which to me is like if if you're going to be the presumed number one overall pick, you kind of go through the motions like apparently Lonzo did for the Lakers, where you're not really looking to to showcase any of your potential weaknesses. Fultz just sounds like he didn't have that fear at all. He knew what his game was. He's confident in his game and he just wants to ball all out all day. And that that's something that that I think we should take a lot of of comfort in. Not as though we really have to make much of a selling point. Like, Kyle, you just made a very long, eloquent uh, pitch for him. But this guy sounds like the real deal. And and if nothing else, having that kind of of just grit and, and gut and no fear attitude, especially in going into something like that, is just huge. Guys, yeah. I haven't seen one report that says Dario Saric will not be a sixer next year. So as everyone gets so excited for Fitz, for Fultz, Simmons, and Bede, it's Fultz, Simmons, and Bede Sharich. The yep. core is there. It is absolutely there. You bring back Rocco on his $1.5 million option. You go out there and hopefully the injured guys get back next year. All of a sudden, Russ's predictions don't look that crazy. This Ooh, is yeah, a baby. beautiful, beautiful core. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. The other thing that I want to say is two. One is alluding to a point that Kyle said earlier. If this trade doesn't happen now, and this is just a rumor, no matter what happens with the Sixers pick, I am going to be disappointed. If they end up having to stay at three and getting Jackson or ball falls to them, I will look at Fultz the rest of my career, the rest of my life, and go Friday, June 16th, Fultz was a Sixer for like five, six hours. That's the first thing. Second thing is I'm going to bring Twitter beef on the podcast really quick uh -oh. to all of the people that are out there. Uh, and I was specifically mentioning David Murphy because he, he tweeted that uh, in response to Alex Kennedy saying that the Fulton Bede Simmons would be so much fun to watch. would love to see it. His response was total NBA seasons four, total NBA games, 31. Just saying, if you are out there, in a moment in which the Sixers are cashing in their chips to get a future possible franchise point guard, and your inclination is to put rain on the parade, if it is in your nature to go, oh, everyone's happy, how about this flaming bag of dog shit? There is something wrong with you as a person. This is, an this is a celebratory, super happy day if you're a Sixers fan. This trade goes through. And if Okafor gets traded, it's almost like, you know, this is like July 4th of Memorial Day put together with Labor Day sprinkled on top. 
But if you're negative, I, I need you to go home. I need you to rent uh, like a Will Ferrell movie and get some ice cream, maybe pop some popcorn because you got hate in your heart, and I need you to let that out. And you know what, though, heart. Adam? It's not <laughs> – It's not like I think we can even go next level. It's not just – a, a key moment for the Sixers. This is the transcendent moment, the possible pivot for Philadelphia sports as a whole. This, yeah. this, this yeah. is like all of the darkness, all of the dreck that we've been subjected to could totally be wiped away by getting that third member of the core. And, you know, Brett Brown has in the past called Dari, he, he's called, Simmons and Embiid, you know, pillars of of the team's future, and that Dario is a retaining wall. the The ability that Dario would bring as a as a floor stretcher and as just a gritty guy on the floor, his value increases exponentially with a guy like Fultz on this team. And so, I, like I said before, I, I'm trying to be grounded in all this, not negative. But like, if you're looking at this, this is this is a total turning point moment for the city of Philadelphia and their athletics. Be happy. You're right. And I think, yeah, like there, there's two types of people out there right now. I mean, look, most people are, are totally all in on this, but I, I've seen some of the tweets you talked about with David. What do your text David? messages look like? Like my uh, text messages are like, holy shit, this is amazing. This is incredible. Like I don't have anyone going, eh. I had one guy text me, they better not trade the King's pick. It's like, dude, no, that's the reason you have those picks. But that's the only guy. No, it's like normal, normal. Normal people are happy. The there are like two breeds of people. There is like the douchebag media type, like the David Murphy who wants to rain on the parade. But I am seeing, I am seeing a lot of Twitter comments that are like, well, you know, if we have to give up three total first round picks this year and the next two, some combination of the next two years, that's too much for faults. It's too much to move up two picks. It's and not. Uh, no, I know. And uh, while I agree that in theory, like it doesn't seem like it's a fair trade for two picks, the whole point, the entire point of the process and what the Sixers undertook was collecting these assets so you could cash them in. Like you had an embarrassment of assets. And if there's any team ever in the history of sport, maybe that can afford to overspend with their their assets, it, it it's the Sixers. And you you look like they wanted to come out of this with one superstar, maybe. You have Joel Embiid, you have Ben Simmons. If you can get Fultz, like a legitimate potential superstar, all three of these guys are complementary players. I don't care what it takes because it's not about moving up from three to one, not about getting a slightly better player. It's about getting the best player in the draft who's also the best fit. Like there, To me, there's no cost that is too much unless it's like three picks, Sharich and Okafor, and you're just giving up like everything. But like you said, Adam— so- Sarge isn't out here, and if the three team, even if a three team deal gets done that includes Okafor, I actually don't mind him sticking around. If that guy would be willing to come off the bench, I know he wouldn't be. But even if it included three first round picks on Okafor, I would still be all in on this deal. Okay, so like, I've been called the the process truther, right? And and I'm clearly a hinkyite. Mm-hmm. But if you if you are one of the people who is a little bit hesitant right now about even having to trade the Lakers pick and the Sacramento pick, I want you to think about this, because the name that comes out a lot next year is is Otto Porter, right? Got Otto Porter and, and Luka Doncic. What you're looking at hypothetically is if L.A. is trash this year, the best that you're going to end up with next year for that pick is a 25 percent chance of getting one uh, at one of those two guys at, at number one, assuming that they both come out for the draft. And the following year, you're looking at a Sacramento pick that probably won't be number one. Part of the the humor 
and also the schadenfreude of watching, um, you know, Sacramento be so terrible, um, kind of wiped away when they got five and 10, because they can even get, you know, stupid lucky at this point. And if they're building a core around like say Malik Monk and Jonathan Isaac or whoever's there at five and 10, they're probably not going to be the laughing stock of the NBA in two years. So the value of that pick, I would argue has gone down at least a little bit by them getting five and 10. You put those two things together and it's like, if you, if you are trading hypotheticals for knowing that you're going to get a guy who absolutely fits with the two pillars of your team, you have to do it. And even if you are the, the biggest Hinky fan, you have to look at it like that. Otherwise, you will drive yourself insane watching and, and reading big boards of like the 2019 draft. This is the time to cash in. Right. Uh, yeah. And 100%, like you're, you're, you've always kicked a can down the road. If, if, if this is a situation where you think they should not do it and be pragmatic, then you're never going to turn that corner. You are, you're stuck in the hinky mindset and you're never going to change if, if you don't have that now because you're getting, you're getting a potential start. You're getting a piece. And oh, by the way, now you have a, a, a very solid potential transformational core that will absolutely whether it's this year or next year or in a few years you're going to be able to get free agents to round out that core and the Sixers have cap space the biggest thing about Fultz you know as much as I've been a Lowry fan and I'll still be not now but I would have been happy with Jackson and Lowry the the biggest boon to getting Fultz is you're filling that guard position with a cheap you know, a relatively yeah. cheap rookie. And now you could go out and spend on just a, a genuine superstar if you can lure him here. And like right now, to me, you go sign Reddick this offseason if you can get him here. Now, now you got, I, you're shaking your head, Russ. But I mean, you, for yeah. instantly, um, you have a young team, but you have a very good, well rounded team if you get a guy like Reddick. It, it's I mean, really Lowry's off the table. If, if this ends up being a three team trade, the Celtics get some draft picks and all that, and they get Jimmy Butler, let's say the Bulls. Who knows? Maybe they end up getting probably a lot of the future picks uh, in the future because they need a lot of picks to rebuild that team. And we get Fultz. I really feel clean on every side. I really don't think any team is really fleecing anybody else. Now, granted, I'm just repeating to everybody. We're recording this at 9 o'clock on Friday. As all the rumors are swirling, a lot can change, but we want to talk about it. We'll probably do more when we know exactly what's going to happen. So make sure you're checking Crossing Broad on Twitter. And, of course, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes if you're listening for the first time so you get this in your inbox. I also want to say quickly, if Colangelo pulls this off, fuck yeah, bro. This is what I wanted. Thank you for proving me wrong. I'm loving it. So High press I, collar I shirts all, for everybody. Yeah, because everybody – right we're all like, thumbs up right now, right? Everybody knows that this is yes. going to be like a big thumbs up and all the hinky people are going to give him credit, and they should because he put them in position for it. But if Colangelo pulls off the move, it's one thing to have all the assets and it's another to execute the deal. So, yeah, you're you're totally right. And the guy that we've mocked as the man of action, if he does pull this off, and, and assuming that Dario or no other guy that we really like is included in the trade, then, yeah, he pulls it off and, and he probably puts himself in contention for executive of the year. Yeah. And I think the just thing that can't trade. be lost here, just because we've talked so much about these other guys, and it's like, you know, we've just all Fultz has been like, oh, yeah, Fultz is number one. Fultz is number one. Like, he, he's number one for a reason. And if the Celtics pass on him, it might be a fit thing. It might be because they want to go out and get Jimmy Butler. Like, they, they might have their own reasons for doing this. Yeah, they but, think they're ready for a run now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, because they, they have the assets also long term. They, 
they have the ability. They have the. They don't have the cap space. They will probably with whatever they they pawn off in this deal. But they can go for it short term with Butler and Hayward. And if it doesn't work, they can blow it up in another year or two after Horford's off the books. And they've got multiple multiple assets in terms of first round picks. And like from from next year with the Brooklyn pick all the way, I think through 2021 or 2022, they own at least one other team's first round pick. So they they are in a very unique ability to be able to go for it now and then to even hit the reset button in two years. So it makes sense, all the sense in the world for Boston. Yes. And I I think also uh, two things. You, You talked about this earlier with Fultz compared to someone like Lowry. This, if it happens with them all being this young and all being on the rookie contracts like this, this feels like some Oklahoma City stuff. This mm-hmm. feels like some Durant, Westbrook, Harden stuff. That's one, to get them all in the same points of their career. Two, I don't expect them to get a big free agent this year because a lot of players in the NBA, I think, want to see what it looks like first. But I can guarantee you that they will overtake the Timberwolves as that NBA league pass team that everyone wants to watch with these guys. And then the year after that is when I think the free agent comes in. For me, I'm just excited to see Simmons and Bede and Fultz on the court at the same time if that happens. I don't even need a free agent. Let's see them grow. But I'm I'm ecstatic, guys. Well, you, you guys know which uh, two free agents are going to be available next year, well, right? Well, you know, hold on. Let me pose that to you. So LeBron. I'm, well, so yeah, let, let me pose this to you. I mean, this could Not be... This LeBron could be the, and Ben Simmons share the same uh, same agent. If Kyle, if Kyle's ever going to pawn off a conspiracy, uh, I'm not. No, I'm not pawning off is, a conspiracy. Uh, what I'm going to say is that the three guys they have could be the potential core of a Warriors type team. If like we've seen what again, there's a lot of ifs here. There's there's health concerns and and all that. I totally get that. But by all counts, these aren't just like someone said, I don't want to, we we missed on Evan Turner. We missed on all these guys. Like these guys are not that. We've seen that Embiid when healthy is going to be the best big man in the league. Uh, Ben Simmons is is one of the best prospects over the last four years to come out. And Fultz is by far, I I don't know about by far, but he's the consensus number one best player in this draft. Like these are, if there's ever can't miss guys, um, these are those um, and and I feel like you know they themselves could be good enough, but seriously, next year, what if Joel Embiid proves himself to be the best player in the league, and either Ben Simmons or Markel Fultz wins the Rookie of the Year? If you're LeBron James, you could you could get LeBron James and Paul George here to to round out that that group. Like no joke, the Sixers Man. could actually afford Adam, to do that. Adam, remind me how much how much did we have on that Sixers making the playoffs? wager because i'm i'm feeling <laughs> I think it was a whole lot better bucks. i'm feeling so, yeah, a whole lot better about it now. our our level of absurdity has reached lebron and paul george on the sixers so i think that's where we're going to wrap it up just because we're waiting for oh. the information to come out adam oh, uh kyle and i forgot to plug this earlier but don't forget that the nba draft party is uh this thursday at ladder 15 don't forget to get your tickets kyle do you have the uh the deets for that Crossingbroadstore.com, you can get your tickets. As Adam would say, it's going to be lit AF if the Sixers get the first pick. Oh, my gosh. It'll be the Mark Fold celebration. It's, it's going to be a celebration. It's not going to be a party. It's just going to be a celebration. And that'll be smack dab in the middle of a two-hour open bar. So uh, let's get after it. So get your tequila and get your shot for Fultz. Uh, no, get guys, your glass I, of water without the lemon. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right. I hope everyone is excited as we are. Uh, I hope this ends up happening. We'll pay attention. I hope you guys enjoyed this little emergency podcast. Have a great weekend. Mark Fultz for president and for the Philadelphia 76ers.